welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB Pro figure athlete turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. Hi, friend. Welcome back to the show. I'm sitting here with a huge smile on my face because I have my significant other fiance business partner here with me today. Babe, I'm so excited. I feel like this would be easier for not staying in front of each other. I feel, like, I feel like it should be like in a different room, not looking at you while I'm doing this. This is awkward right now. This <laughs> we're is we're sitting here staring at each other. Like literally across the, the desk from each other, like three feet away, just looking at each other. Yeah. So you've been on the show a couple times, but it's been... I think pro- once. Once? Like two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot you have a podcast. <laughs> and you're going to be starting one soon. It's gonna, yes. It's going to come. Yeah. So I'm learning the ropes. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to sit down and record this today because... One, so much has happened in the past five months, um, and especially in the last two years since you were on the show. Uh, And there's a lot of patterns that we're seeing with people. There's a lot of things that we're integrating differently with coaching clients. Um, And I just want to more so open up awareness uh, to to our listeners, um, get them focusing on what really matters. Uh, Because we see a lot of people spinning in their businesses and not really moving forward, even though they feel like they're busy. So uh, before we dive into all that... I want you to tell our listeners, what was life like you pre-COVID versus post-COVID now? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, I know that's a loaded question. You know what's funny? I was actually thinking about this in the shower today because like, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff in planning right now. I was thinking about our, the client journeys and I was literally thinking about the day. You know, like the day. like so, so life before COVID was about momentum, scaling, growth, a lot more certainty, great business. We had literally just spent... I don't know how many months, uh, you know, working with our coach, ripping everything apart, building it all together. And it's like, imagine working all this time, all this time and money, resources, putting together like your hit album. And then the day that it's supposed to drop, COVID hits. And that was, that's what it was like for us. Like we were launching our brand new business, all of our new programs, the day the NBA, the NHL shut down. And, and, and suddenly it's like, there was so much uncertainty, scatteredness. Like, I, I really didn't enjoy the summit. Um, like, imagine playing a concert and you don't even remember playing. That, 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 that's what it was like for me was, like, just getting through it mm-hmm. and then the day after. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, holy shit. Like, everything that we worked for is now obsolete. Like, it, it's gone. There was uncertainty. So, it went from, like, just, like, this huge momentum Felt like Britney Spears. Yeah. Like Britney Spears, and then you're just crashing. Like, what the hell's going on? Like all that, like, like all that momentum and shit can come crashing down yeah. so quickly. Yeah. And I found the biggest challenge was was being able to lead yourself and lead others. Because now there's chaos. We have no fucking clue what's going on. Sorry, this is a PG show. Um, you know, so we like we we literally don't have a clue, but we have all these people that we have to create certainty for. We have to create um, you know, remember I did one video of all COVID. And I remember looking back at that video and it was the, it was the bunker video. It's about like, what do we do in a crisis situation? And what I thought about was just going back to wartime. Like no one knows. We watched all these people do the six steps to this and do this and pivot this. And I'm like, you have no clue what you're talking about or what you're doing. We've never seen this before. Like don't sit there and try to convince people. 
Um, and I realized what we did today, what I'm very proud of was we just, we protected our people. We, we protected our, 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 our clients. We created a great bunker for them. And we went back to our basics. Like, how can we provide a better service? And we've spent the last five months not saying a whole lot, um, providing great value for our clients, nurturing them, helping them rebuild their business and rebuild ours. And that brings us to the day. I'm just exhausted. <laughs> you know, I'm exhausted emotionally, mentally, like all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Do you feel your attitude or perspective on business has changed? Yes. There's a lot that I used to, I think, I think there's a lot that I took for granted for. Um, I, and I mean, I'm, people that know me really closely may argue, but I realized I was coasting. There were certain things I was taking for granted. There were certain parts of our business, there's our systems. Um, there's a lot of things that it just, it just, it just helped me be aware of, you know, it really helped expose things. Um, if anything, like, like, like COVID helped shine a spotlight and, and, you know, um, it's either like a spotlight that turns on, you're like, Oh my God, I'm in a dirty stripper club. <laughs> and you're like, it looked a lot better when things were really, really dark. Or you're like, you know what? I want more lights. Cause like, this is how awesome I want to shine right now. Um, and there's a lot of parts of my life that I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm glad this, this is shining. And there's other parts that were like, Ooh, that needs a lot of work, but thank God I'm in isolation. There's a lot of time. So let's just put in the work and, and, and start working on stuff, both personally, family, with you, with business, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. And I've talked about this on the show and even talking with different clients and people. I haven't met one person who said that they haven't enjoyed this whole COVID experience from a an enlightening perspective, from shining light, like what you said there. I have. You- I, I've met a lot of people who are miserable, who don't like this. I mean, like, I mean, they're, cause they're just in different circles. Oh, right. You know, and we, I'm talking business owners. <laughs> well, we Even, just, we just hang out with different, like, I mean, the people that we're part of, uh, you know, they've been fortunate, you know, they've been very fortunate. And you know, when, when, when you kind of go outside of the bubble and you know, there are a lot of people that have been hit so super hard and you know, everyone's reality is completely different from this, you know, and some people are flourishing. Some people are tanking and, and the reality, I mean, I, I've always lived this the very same way from day one. This hasn't changed in 10,000 years, right? So at the turn of this century, think of everyone that was a, a blacksmith. Like literally, like your family and your livelihood was you were a blacksmith and you were in charge and you had a waiting list of clients. And then suddenly like this industrial revolution comes along and you're like, they don't need blacksmith anymore. Did we complain? Did we uproar? Did we say, this isn't fair. They're trying to control us. No, you, you move on with the times. So, you know, I saw COVID as just like anything else. The world will always win. Nature will always win. And, and, you know, it's a wave. It's a tidal wave. It's a monsoon. And, and the best you can do is, like, you learn to surf. Mm-hmm. Like, you learn to surf. And, and you know, there's people who, who are either in the arena learning to become a better player or just in the stands bitching and complaining and, and don't even like the sport that much but feel like they have a need to say something about it. Um, so I think the people that we're around are the people that are in the arena, the people that are playing the sport, and the people that don't mind. Like, I, I think I did a post a long time ago about being like, I like being punched in the face. You know, what it makes of you to get dropped down, to get back up and to be better because of that. And I think we're just surrounded by good people who don't mind being punched in the face. Like you hang around with enough fighters, you get a lot of cauliflower, you're in black eyes and people <laughs> smiling. That those are badges of honor that these people are like, yeah, I fight. And you're like, you're nuts. What's wrong with you? And then and, and you just realize that that's part of the journey. You know, it's, it's a hockey. If you meet one hockey player who hasn't lost a tooth, he's not a hockey player. You know, people joke about that stuff, but those are just kind of like the, 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 the wounds that go with it. And the people that I think that we've surrounded ourselves with are like, like those wounds. So they saw this as an opportunity going, what's next? And, you know, I think the difference being, you know, what's next, let's do it compared to, oh no, what, like, oh no, this happened to me. It's not fair. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I will say before I get a barrage of comments, like there are people that are just have circumstances that there was no way out. Like, like and that's just a reality. Uh, and then their next step is, well, what, what's my new reality? Like, what is my next thing? Either way, you got to wake up and do something and it's just mm-hmm. finding what the next thing is to do. Yeah. One of the things I noticed between the two of us, like there's a lot of chaos at the beginning, but also a lot of calmness uh, and something that we did very differently that we've never done in our business was go back to foundations and really learn to prioritize what was important. Yeah. And, you know, we weren't quick to step into action. We've been slowly rebuilding and building out our business again. Um, and, you know, I, I think we can both say that we are working less than we have worked in the past couple of years. We feel like we're getting more momentum because we're more strategic and just more intentful on exactly the action that we're taking. And this is something that we're really trying to drive into clients. Um, and, you know, back in September when we started kind of tearing things down and rebuilding to begin with, we really started to go back to foundations and even more so now foundations. So what would you say that we've started to look at and we'll talk about our clients too in terms of foundations of business? So I'm going to challenge that statement because that's what we do all the time. <laughs> we just, we just argue We've been teaching the foundations from day one. And I'm going to argue because I said the very first time we taught a course was the eight pillars of business. Yeah. And it was just the frameworks. It was the foundation. And we're like, wow. And, and you, here's the funny thing. We haven't changed since then. The framework is still the same. The foundation is the same. The mistake we made, and this is, I think, the, I'll speak for myself. The biggest mistake I've always made was I don't want to appear like I don't know everything and I don't know enough. So I'll just give you everything and you'll be so impressed by how much information there is and you'll have all the answers. Mm. And I think what we've done since our first workshops, mentorships, which were six months, then went down to three months and, and stuff like that, is I think what we've learned to do is create a better model to take people through the levels of the foundations. And, you know, you know, my analogy has always been like, let's say it's school or let's say it's hockey. So let's look at school. You've got pre-kindergarten, you've got kindergarten, grade school, high school, and then you have your second, the university and your college. There's five levels there. Then you have number six, which is like you are just, you're the one teaching, creating the stuff. Problem was we weren't teaching the right level. So a lot of people were coming going, I need the frameworks of the fundamentals, but like they need the fundamentals for kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Not the fundamentals for high school. And they're lying to me. Like, yeah, I got a business three years, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, cool, come on in. I'm like, holy shit, you've never done a profit lost. You've, you've never audited your business. You hide. You don't even look at your accounts. You don't track your numbers. I'm like, you are not a three to five year business owner. You're not playing high school. I'm sorry. You're cut from the team. Go back to the kindergarten, Billy Madison, and start over. So I think what we've just noticed was, and I, I, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but how how far people aren't in their business and how much they just don't realize like what those fundamentals are, what's robbing them of their time, why they feel zapped all the time. And then every program workshop they do, they're like, Oh my God, more stuff. I'm confused. Where do I piece into my business? I don't feel like doing it at all. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like what you said there, people are throwing too much stuff on their plate and then they're just overwhelmed and they have no more time, but yet they're not moving in the right direction. They're busy. They're just not moving in the right direction. Can I, can I say how drumming has taught me to be a better coach? Yeah. Okay. So let's tell the drumming story. Well, let's go. Well, midlife crisis. I just want to be, I just want to be a rock star for the love of God. Like I've got the tats. I'm, I'm more of like a, Backstreet Boy looking person than a rock guy, but I don't give a shit. Like, just I just want to be a rock guy. I want to slam the drums. I've always been like happy. My happy place is that. And like, like everyone, you know, there's there's certain stages of being a rock star. 
So I look at the stages like, okay, there's like the intro, there's like learn to play. That's it. Like, and, and that takes a long time. Then you got like the garage band where it's like, now you're meeting other people. You're kind of good, but let's be honest, you're a garage band and even your friends don't want to come watch you play. Then after a few years or months or depending on if you're a freaking savant, I'm not. Uh, then you get into like the local pub. Then suddenly you're doing like, you know, lo like local venues, you're an opening act. Then you're a, you know, a headliner. Then level six is like, you're the Rolling Stones. Okay. Like you're a tool of the Rolling Stones. Like you are the Mega. goats Mega of the star. industry. Yeah. So I look at everything as one to five. Right, so level one was learn to play, and I see when, when I started learning the drums, the first thing I wanted to do was I picked my favorite songs that were easy. So you go to YouTube, Sweet Child of Mine, Metallica, and suddenly it's like you start learning some stuff, and you just notice all the holes. My timing was off. I can't do certain things. I can't move around the kit. I just sound horrible, but I don't want to admit that I have to sit there for hours and go tap 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 one two three four. I'm like, no, I'm past that. I'm forty years old. And you saw me go spin my tail for like six months. You're like swearing and cursing oh, from the basement. Because <laughs> like I'm, tr I'm trying to do things that I'm not good at. And last summer, if you remember, all I did, I didn't play the drums all summer. I sat outside, which is my practice pad. And I watched fundamentals. This morning, 30 minutes, again, just fundamentals. I'm like, my timing's still not perfect. I'm still like, my left hand doesn't feel exactly the way my right hand should. And until those things are mastered, why am I trying to learn you know, a huge song that's got all these like pieces that I haven't mastered yet. And that's when it really clicked to me, like teaching small, small, valuable, daily, weekly winning stuff. Like how can I make a client win this week? How can I make them win this day? And if I can get that momentum, create some more time, increase their energy, get them hitting smaller targets, then suddenly they, they, they learn how to actually make changes in their business and have the time and the energy to do that. But it's a process that I don't feel like a lot of people are teaching properly. No, but I also think, um, you know, you look at the online space and sure we're in the online marketing world and we, you and I have had this conversation many times. Like when we, when we first started our businesses, social media was not what it was. Well, social media wasn't even around when you started your business. <laughs> and I mean, even when I, like I, I was just going by intuition of what my business needed next or a problem, um, that I needed to solve in the business because I wasn't exposed to business coaches and all of this information out there. And you know, I've even said this on the show when all this business coaching started popping up, it actually fucked me over for my business because I got confused mm -hmm. and I think there's just so much noise out there now and I don't want to say that you and I are part of the problem but we're in that industry of marketing and I think a lot of people aren't talking oh, about these I foundations. Talk about this so bad. <laughs> I don't give a fuck how many coaches there are. I don't care. People just don't know who but, to but, listen but, to. But it doesn't matter because here's the thing. Imagine your child wants to play a sport. Okay. If my daughter or son is just starting off on that sport, do I really need the professional coach level to teach them? No. I, I love the fact that there's a lot of coaches. Because here's the thing. They don't last if they suck. So you know what? Bring them all out. Yes, it, it, it's confusing for the consumer. That's not my problem. My problem now becomes how can I get their attention? Mm -hmm. You know how I get their attention? By doing a good fucking job and saying nothing and letting my client speak for myself. Letting my work speak for myself. Letting the impact that I have with the people that I can you know, connect with, letting that speak for itself, not, a, not on a fancy sales page or like I'm paying $8 per click and people wonder like, how come I can't keep my clients? Well, your service hasn't improved. Your nurturing sucks and they don't know who you are. It's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. um, so like everyone's like, oh, we're scrambling, blah, blah, blah. Like, well, you know, it's sort of apps. Like this is not a new phenomenon. This is like going the real estate game. 
They've been saying this since houses were built. Like, There's too many people trying to sell houses. You want to know why? Because it's good commission and it's easy money. So of course there's going to be a lot of competition. I think competition is great. Like I love, like, you know how much I love competing with, like I, I, I literally purposely create people to compete against. Even and yourself. Even myself. I've got an alter ego that I compete against and he emails me and he messages me and he tells me off when I need to be told off. But to me, like competition with yourself and other people is the easiest way of increasing standards. And if you have a problem with it, it's because your fucking standards suck and you're afraid that you're going to lose business to other people or you're attracting the wrong clientele. So you don't have to be a pro coach. You don't need pro athletes. Like I really love having a, a house league coach for when my son was playing house league that understands compassion and, and you know, he, he doesn't treat them like AAA rep hockey players because that's not what that coach is designed to do. So I think as long as you know, like, don't just be vague, like, oh, I'm just a coach now, I'm a lifestyle transformation coach. Like, who do you really like to work with? Who do you want to transform? Who do you want to connect with? Who can you make a difference with? And you really don't need probably more than 20 people. So if you're fucking worried about all these coaches out there, like, if you can't find 20 people that's something you're great at doing within your circle and, and people that you know in just simple ways, then just find another industry. Yeah, yeah. And so if we're talking about foundations and fundamentals and, and the different levels of it, you know, let's go through like kindergarten, maybe preschool foundations. And Perfect. this might, this might shine a light on, you know, some things that people listening here might not be doing or might not even realize that they actually need to pay attention to. Okay. So there's two things I want people to do. Number one is learn to audit. So when you turn on your phone, so, so put it this way, I'm stuck somewhere. I have no idea where I am. And that little uh, location feature on your phone is off and I need direction and I'm in a different city and, and let's say I'm in the States and I don't, I don't have data on my phone. And if you're in the States, you're in a different country and you have data on your phone and you go, I need directions to get here. And the first question they're going to ask you goes, let us know your current, your current where, look, where, where are, are you? you? <laughs> because I can't give you your first step if you don't tell me where you are. And here's what I notice people do. They don't want to audit themselves honestly because they're afraid of what they're going to see. So they lie to me. And they lie to themselves. My health is great. My business is great. Of course, I've got targets. Of course, I check my account every single day. Of course, I'm on top of things, blah, blah, blah. No, you're not. It's like lying on your food journal. So, so the first step is audit your time, your business, and you. What? Why time? Because that's where most people waste most of their energy is around their time. And if you don't create time and you can't master your time, then don't worry about your business because you won't have time for it anyways. So the first step for me is just auditing. Time, business, and you. Joe, what kind of audits should you do? Whatever. Start, start, like, just general. Ask yourself some questions. What am I proud of? What do I want to change? You know, what habits do I need to change? Like, what are you not happy with in areas of your life? And just audit those honestly. Look at your bank account. Print them off for the last six months. See where your money's going. See where your habits are. Look at your family, your relationship, your kids, your friends. And just look at, like, just audit yourself. Take tests online. Hire a coach. Get an assessment. Do whatever. But whatever it is, get an assessment and figure out where you are. Because you can't take your first step in the right direction if you don't know the GPS of where you are right now. Step number two is what I call tea time and some R&R. &R. And it's not a glass of tea and rest and relaxation. So now that you honestly, you know where you are, before I even give you homework, before I even give you stuff to do, we're going to cover tea time. And tea time is basically time, energy, and attitude. Those, to me, those are the three essential things in life. I guard and I want to master how I use my time, who I give it to, how I use it personally. Second thing is my energy. If I'm waking up exhausted every day and I can't get through the day and at two o'clock, like I'm, I'm on the couch, who cares how much time I have? And then the third thing is the most important to me is the attitude. So if I have all the time in the world, and I've got all this energy, and I'm just an asshole. 
and I don't treat people well and I'm grumpy all the time, to me, that's not happiness. So the first fundamental thing is where are you? And that takes about two weeks to figure out where you're at when I'm, when I'm working with people. And then within those two weeks of auditing, I go through tea time which is mastering your time. So scheduling hacks and figure out how to get more time, how to block time, chunk time, all those kind of things. We look at your energy, how to sleep better, how to combine foods, like how to get the most out of your, your engine, right? And then your attitude. Um, and then the R and R is looking at your resources and your resourcefulness. So great. Now that you know where you are and your time's in check, your energy checks, you got a good attitude. I'm like, cool. Like, what are your resources? Like, what are your skills? What do you have available to you? And then where should you be resourceful? Um, and today I was doing some posts on how to be resourceful, like consuming information, like going to YouTube, finding summaries. So like, how to like, just create a good profile, a good, like a profile player and going like, look, this is where you're at right now. And this player that I just drafted has good energy, a good attitude, and has time to get started. Here's the money they have. And here's the resourcefulness they have. Cool. Now we can go. Mm -hmm. That is the foundation for me. Mm -hmm. Why do you think so many people skip over that? Same reason why I skipped over rudiments and trying to learn sweet child of mine. Because we're assholes. Like, we're, so, we're so greedy for excellence that we fail to put in time anymore. And I don't care. Like, I mean, my entire life has just been like, I have the, if you, if you talk to athletes, anyone who, who's grown up with that mindset, you know, you, you ask a five-year-old kid, what's the finish line? He goes, when I'm, when I'm 20 or 30 and I, when, I, when I raise the, the, you know, the, the Stanley Cup. You ask someone in business, what's the end game? Six figures in six weeks, bro. You're like, oh my God, really? Like people aren't putting the Stanley Cup that far enough away to master the fundamentals. So then they, they watch highlight reels of Ovechkin and Crosby and just try to master them, but they've never been on skates or picked up a fucking stick before. Mm -hmm. So people are just greedy. They're not honest with themselves. And, and, and to be honest, like, we live in a society now where it's instant, instant gratification. Yeah. Delayed gratification is to me is what has separated my success than anything else. Putting, putting aside what's going to make me happy now for what's going to make me happy later is what makes me go for the runs, answer the emails, do all those things. And I'm like, oh, I'd rather just sit and watch TV. Like 9 o'clock last night, I'm reading a book after a fucking 15-hour, 14-hour day of just like killing it. But hey, you know what? Like I have the energy now. I've got the, I got, it, was, it, it wasn't work anymore. So it's just teaching people how to like create the opportunity to actually build a business as opposed to trying to build the business without even having, like I said, you know, your tea time or the resources or your resourcefulness. Yeah. And if we talk about foundation, it's like building oh. a house, right? And you know what else? No, it, it's not, it's not pizzazz. It's not sellable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's work. Not sexy. It's not sexy. It's like selling, telling someone to do a 12 week German volume training program. Like, let me get this straight. 10 times 10 for 10 weeks. Like, fuck you. It's boring. It's yeah, but it'll gain you 10 pounds. It <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So if you want it bad enough, you'll listen. And the people that we work with, they're the ones that have been with us for, for two, three years. And we've worked on, like, people don't realize to make a change in your business too. Like, let's say you want to change staffing. That's probably a three-month deal. Mm. Because by the time you have the meeting, implement, teach, lead, correct, 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 correct. It's going to take a while for that to actually implement. You have a new program that you want to launch. Well, you got to create the course. You got to market it. You got to go through the course yourself. That's probably a two-month process right there. Then you launch it, and you launch it two or three times before you're happy with it. Yeah. And you can't launch every every month. You're launching, you know, September, January, whatever. So you have three launches. You have three tries. If people start looking at things more from a one-year, three-year, five-year perspective, and then what needs to be done this week to help hit those goals, they'd be further ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
So after auditing with clients, this is where you go into time management. Mm -hmm. This is something that you and I have worked on so much lately. um, And it has been like one of the biggest game changers with our clients as well. So what goes in to really understanding time management? Oh, how much time do we have for this interview here? (laughs) I think the first thing that you need to realize is what are you doing with your time? And so... Like anyone listening to this right now, go to the dollar store, grab a flip pad and keep it in your pocket. And anyone who can complain that they can't do this, just stop going on social media for a day and you'll be fine. You'll, you'll find yourself two hours. Start tracking what you do from movement to movement. So, i.e., my, fl- my alarm goes off. If your alarm goes off or you wake up before your alarm, as soon as you open your eyes, boom, what time do you wake up? Put that in your lock. What's your next move? I went to the bathroom, went downstairs. Like what, what are you doing step by step with your day? People think that they're being productive. They're just being busy. So step number one, again, is just awareness. Like, where are you spending your day? And because most people don't have clear targets, they're just going through their day. And what comes up, comes up. Ding! Oh, I guess I should answer that now because that's my next thing to do because I've just been told what to do. I get an email. I get a notification. I get whatever. Reactive. They're very reactive. Or by the time you wake up and get into your day, it's an hour or two later, and you're like, what, what, what did I do with my day? So I think the first one is just awareness and controlling time, saying, learning how to say no to things, learning how to schedule your week and how to start to like be a, a time connoisseur. Yeah. Where can you save time, batch time and, you know, probably too far into this conversation, but we, you know, I teach my clients how to theme their years, their months and their weeks. So again, going back to that sport analogy, like you're not in the playoffs all the time. So when's the off season? When's the preseason? When's training camp? When's the season? You know, just that you're you know, October to November when you're just training clients, you know, like, um, and, and then where's the off, off season? And within the week, I theme my week. So some days for, for me, my, my health's a priority. So my morning routine's a little bit different. Some days it's business routines, but it's just conceptually like, how do I start to flow and manage my time? Mm-hmm. You can't manage what you don't actually start to look at or track. So the first thing is just tracking. And I promise you, everyone that's done this, every client, I just sit back and I watch with popcorn, right? And they track it. Oh my God, Joe, I didn't notice this, 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 this. And I'm like, well, what do you think you should do? This, this, this. I'm like, good, there you go. So like the awareness alone of just tracking what you do for five days, guilt will show up. And this whole like, oh my dear God, like like you start to piece it in. Like if I just did this together and this together, I'd save more time. Now suddenly it's like, hey, if I get an extra half hour a day, an hour a day, or even just an hour a week, now I can go back to my targets going, hey, I want to learn something. I want to do something. I'll fit into that hour. Yeah. And I've even done a podcast on like theming my days. I think it was like a year or two Mm. ago. Um, And one thing I noticed too with clients with time is their task switching too much, which is draining their energy or their battery. Like you like to call it like crazy. So for me, like flow is important. And and the way I look at my days is imagine like you get in your car and you have to drive to a destination. So me, like when I wake up, I'm getting into my car and time unfolds. Like if I, even if I sit still, it, it moves. Right. So it's like, I'm basically like my car's on a treadmill. It's got to go somewhere. So I'm just thinking like, how can I maximize my route? Right. So from breakfast to lunch, to lunch, to dinner and all those things, you know, when you're trying to like do like a, a, an eight hour road trip and you have that one person who's like, I got to pee. I got to pee. <laughs> That's me. That's pee. me. I'm like, I got to pee. And, like every, and, and, and then you're watching that person drink water going, we're never going to get there because your process of how you treat this time in these pit stops is holding me up. And then you're like, oh, can we get lunch? Oh, can we do this? Oh, just give me a second. So imagine every time you're in a car, you stop when you check your phone. Imagine every time that you stop when you get an interruption. Like, it would drive you nuts. And that's how I see people going through their day. I'm like, there's pit traps, there's pit falls, and there's pit stops. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes like, those, those pit stops are, like, those dings and those notifications. And when you're in flow and suddenly it's like, you stop. And you got to rev that engine back up. So imagine, like, being in traffic. 
that's what most people spend their day like is they're in traffic. They go, stop they stop, go. they stop. They, and it's not fuel efficient. Their, their batteries are drained. They, you know, they feel like crap. Their attitude is bad. That's exactly life. You're in traffic. So my job is to find country roads, back roads, try to get from A to B as fun, as fuel efficient as possible, and as less time as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we talk about a lot and, and it's still like also like on your process of all these foundations is, is frequency and, and your yeah. energy and, and your battery. Um, you know, and you always talk about, are you spinning up or are you spinning down? Mm. How would you explain that? Spinning up or spinning down? Um, I believe everything is based on our reaction to a situation. I believe attitude dictates direction, you know, so it's our attitude that dictates which way we go. And if you look at a frequency scale, you know, the bottom to the top, you know, we go from like suicidal to hate to anger. Uh, and if you're not familiar with this, just type in frequency scale into Google. So you understand, cause it's a scale. I believe it's like zero to 700. Um, and, and you know, basically you have your negative emotions and you have your positive emotions. And so when, I'm, when we're looking at frequency, things like pride, joy, love are the highest frequencies. Things like hate, doubt, fear are low frequencies. And so when I'm talking about spinning or a direction of a spin, um, do you want to get to the ceiling fan analogy or do you want to like, yeah, sure. okay. So, um, you know, a year and a half ago, I was, I was, you know, looking at a ceiling fan at a cottage and I'm watching this ceiling. No, we were in Jamaica. No, like that, oh. no, like, yeah, that has nothing to do okay. with how I came up with this. I'm okay. sorry. So as I'm watching this ceiling fan, I'm realizing the ceiling fan has two different directions, right? It can, it can push the air down or it can pull the air up. And if that ceiling fan is going in a, you know, let's say you want the, the air to come up but you start the ceiling fan, it's going in the wrong direction. You're like, shit, like, I, I, this isn't good. To me, that's a negative spin. It's going in the wrong direction. It's not doing what you need to do. And a lot of us are actually in a negative spin. We're, we're in guilt. We're in denial. We're in fear. We have all these negative emotions that we're constantly being driven by. So when I say people are in a negative spin, it means that either they're getting further away from their goals and the attitudes and the frequencies that they have are usually negative. And whether it's about themselves, the way they react to a situation, and people that are in a lot more of a positive spin, um, we call them you know more positive people, people that are optimistic, people that are you know positive mindset, people that make the most out of opportunities. I refer to those people as more positive spin. When I'm looking at situations, the first thing I look at is when I'm looking at someone, are they in a positive or negative spin? Not just what your goal is. So if you're in a negative spin, meaning that you're getting further, like, like if I leave you to your own devices, you're getting further and further away from your goals. My job with those clients is actually just to slow down the spin. And so with people like that, I refer to things like, you know, regression is progression. So when someone comes to me and their business is just a mess, usually sometimes what I like to do is just slow down the mess rather than stop it and then just start, start over. Um, and I refer to that as like the whiplash effect. You know, if you're going backwards really, really fast and you slam on the brakes and go forward or hit a wall, you get hurt. And a lot of people are just trying to rush a lot of the changes in their business and they're getting the whiplash effect. And we saw this with the famous COVID word, pivot your business. You know what happens when you run really fast and you pivot and you have poor ankle stability? You break your fucking ankle and you don't play anymore. I saw people pivoting and it was the funnest thing in the world. Like I saw people like, because they just don't understand what it takes to pivot and what it takes to build something new and to switch a sport. You know, like, unless you're Bo Jackson, you don't just go from one sport to the other and excel. Like, you start back from kindergarten, yeah. you know, and you work yeah. you work your way up. Um, don't know if that answered your question or not. Yeah, we just got yeah, rambled totally. there. Um, and even about pivoting, a lot of people think that, uh, and I, d- I talked about this on my Camp Fit Pro presentation, people think they're just, like, forking off the road that they're on. Whereas pivoting, it's like you, you're building a whole new road if you're, if you're taking well, your business online. So... 
this is what angers me about this. So if you're a brick, so let's use the fitness industry. Mm. So you're, you're in the fitness industry, you're a brick and mortar, and now you want to pivot and just take all your people and put them somewhere else. That has to be one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard because you know what? Blockbuster didn't pivot and create Netflix because they didn't have the technology. They didn't have the resources. Like it's a separate business. If you want to pivot, how about you stop for a second? Who's my avatar? What am I good at doing? How do I service my people? What do they need from me? And then create your business. That's a pivot. Not just do what everyone else is doing and do 50 Zoom calls a week and, and get people moving again. Stop for a second. Like, What does your client need from you? Accountability, motivation, same time, all those things. How can you, how can you pivot your business now and create a model that might include online resources, might include Zoom calls, might include all these different frameworks to rebuild your business? Yeah, yeah. So after we've audited and we know where we're at, we've gained control of our schedule. We have some, uh, you know, clarity on where we're spending our time. Frequency is up. We're feeling good. Yep. Now it's time to like set some targets. Yes. Yeah. So this is where, and, and, and this is where my clients usually get mad at me because they're like, give me the plan. I'm like, no, not yet. Not yet. I come from a hunting family, right? So I'm going to use a little hunting analogy here. So when it comes to target practice, I like to use a term called point, aim, shoot, calibrate. So the next step once we've finished the tea time and we looked at our resources and resourcefulness is, is what I call target practice. So imagine holding a gun for the first time and trying to kill a big animal. I guarantee you every time you go hunting, you'll come back nothing because that animal will know where you are. They will run from you. You don't have the skills to hunt. First skill is just learning how to shoot the gun, learning how to hit a target. And I, I never remember last uh, I'll never forget like last year when I was with my dad. Before moose hunting, like it's a big thing. Like we got to go and calibrate the guns. It's like we bring all the guns and we calibrate them, and we have the stands, and like you know we're shooting and hitting these targets, and these things are like an inch off, and we're talking like 150, 200 yards, and they're an inch off, and we sat there calibrating and calibrating, calibrating to make sure that it hits as close to bullseye. So my dad's like, look, when that moose is 200 yards away, and you're never gonna see another one, you better make sure your aim is good because you want the opportunity again. I was like, wow, target practice. What a freaking concept here. So the next step is teaching people to target practice their day and their week. So setting up small targets and like literally do have the capabilities. Like a, like a kid learning how to shoot for the first time, hit the net, then hit some targets and then play a game. So target practicing to me, and it depends on the individual, but it's literally just learning how to set up your day and go, did I win my day? And if you can start winning your days, you can start winning your weeks. If you can start winning your weeks, then we can start planning your months. If you can't win your day, I can't plan your quarter. Mm. That's just like, yeah. it, stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't periodize you if you can't even do a bench press. Like, You're setting yourself up for a Exactly. Yeah. So we go into target practice and that's, it, it, I calibrate. So as they start hitting targets, I move them further and further and further. You suck at target practice. Boom. Here's a shotgun and the target's in front of your face. If you miss this, we can't be friends and we can't be clients. And then just slowly progress them from there. Once that's done, then we start building the map. And to me, the map is the most important thing. And if your map looks like something on the back of a napkin or a pirate map that you can't follow, then that's the problem with your business. I want your business map to be like an architectural you know, dream. I want to know your intake process. I want to see all your forms. I want to be able to see you know, what your marketing strategy is like, what your sales process is like, what your nurturing system is like. I want to know all the systems that you're using. I want to know all that. I want to know the map and the detail plan of how you operate your business. I want to know what your meetings are about, how often your meetings are, like all that. So if this was a 12-week prep, so if you're a fitness coach, this, this, if this was a 12-week prep, it's literally day one, breakfast, you're eating this. Here's your macros. 
you know, here's your cardio, here's your training, you're doing this many reps, this many sets. Imagine a prep coach going, just eat protein and do chest today. Yeah. Good luck with the IFBB Pro Card. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, what, what amazes me that people laugh at that. But then I ask them to see their business plan. They're like, bro, man, I just go through my day, man. Like, I got, got 40,000 people following me. They just, they just send me stuff. I'm like, oh my dear God. Like, you don't have a system, you don't have a plan, you don't have a business. So once we audit tea time, you know, we have target practicing. Now I'm like, hey, dude, I can give you an architectural plan to your business and you can actually now create a business. Let's make it make sense. Let's go through your expenses. How much does it cost you to run a business? How much do you want to make? What are your services? Does this even make sense? Once we have that, then we get into attract, sell, nurture, duplicate, and then scaling and growing the business. Yeah. yeah. And I think this is such a great framework for people to look at because a lot of times we, we tell people to scrap their businesses and start over. And we get yeah, work. Because you're trying to like band-aid a situation yeah. on top of like crappy or zero foundation. I find that amazing every time. If you're if you're not in great shape and you go to a coach saying, Here's my workout program, and they're like, Hey, that's why you're not in great shape, I'll write you a new one, you're actually happy. But most of the times when, 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 when we meet people like, hey, like my business is in trouble, they take it so personally because it was them who designed the program. Yeah. Right. So a lot of times it's that ego of like, oh my God, like I'm the problem. And 99.9% of the time, you are the problem in your business. You've tried to grow your business without growing you, your skills, your resources. You've tried to jump to six figures to seven figures without even mastering $40,000. Yeah. And like, I, I just find it hilarious how many people I see their biggest goal is like, I want to make six figures. I'm like, great. Can, like, how are you going to make $8,333 per month? They're like, huh? I'm like, that's how much you need to make. Oh. I'm like, well, it's you know just over $2,000 a week. You know, It's $400 a day. They're like, oh my God, I never thought about that. I'm like, oh my dear God. Like, that's the fundamental that we need to go through. So does, does, like, does your business even make sense? How much do you want to make? Let's look at your services. Then focus on... The Instagram, the social, making things look pretty and the marketing and paid ads and all that other stuff. But like really, it's just a matter of like being good at what you're doing, knowing how to service people really well and just making sure you have the time, energy and the attitude to do it. Like to me, like, it's so simple. Yeah. But no one wants to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 when you've started to implement this with clients, what have you seen? Oh my God. Like so, <laughs> so I remember yesterday, I'm actually going to put out a, um, a questionnaire. So I did a questionnaire when we first actually, you know, when, when COVID first hit, we sent out five questions to our clients. That's the first thing we did. And asking them like, you know, what they need from us, what they valued so much from us, what 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 they've gotten from our coaching so much. And it was surprising to me because it wasn't the content. No. And it made me realize I had to shift my coaching style. So, I mean, you've seen a huge shift in my coaching since before. It was like, here's the content. Here's the information. Joe's funny when he presents. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. Now I've, I've realized the importance of like, you know, like one of my alter egos now is, is Phil Jackson. You know, the, the coach of the Bulls. Being there for the clients and knowing how to be there for differently for each client. So how Phil Jackson, if you've never seen the um, the Last Dance, the the Netflix special on on uh, on Michael Jordan, the Bulls during that era, watch it. Because um, one thing I didn't really realize was was Phil Jackson's coaching style with someone like Dennis Rodman and someone like Michael Jordan. And you would think like Dennis Rodman was a freaking firecracker, like like he'd be a coaching nightmare. <laughs> Yet Phil was the only guy who understood him, took the time to listen to him and learn how to coach him. So it wasn't, I'm Phil Jackson. This is the Chicago Bulls. This is the play. This is when you show up. This is what you do. Phil Jackson's like, this is our goal. More NBA championships than anyone else. How do we make that happen? So how do I make every person on this team better? So how do I elevate Michael? How do I elevate Pippen? How do I elevate, uh, you know, 
even the, the third line guys or the bench warming guys because they're all part of the team. And that's when I really realized that my style had to change. Um, how, how I talk to clients, the intakes, like there's a lot of stuff that I just realized, like coaching, the frameworks of coaching, not just giving information and not training. There's a big difference between the frameworks of being an online trainer, which is one thing, which is great. And there's a difference between an online coach. And those are two very different things that I, pe- that I think that people haven't understood or conceptualized. And that's why there's a lot of confusion as to how to pivot because they haven't really understood the frameworks of coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should come back on and do an episode on that. That's For the, sure. That's a whole conversation in itself. So once yeah. they get through the fundamentals, you have a map, your business yeah. is starting to go. Now you start looking at like, how, do I, how, do, how am I frameworking and coaching my clients? Like, what do they need from me? Because a lot of them don't need a Zoom call. Some of them do. Some of them do need a 15-minute check-in. Some of them don't. So how do you actually structure a framework of coaching to present to your client and say, hey, I know what your problem is. These are the three out of the five frameworks that I use that you need to get your results. Or here's just the two out of the five. And if you need any other three, just let me know. Mm-hmm. If you need an email support, cool. We can throw that in. If you need some community support, we have a Zoom uh, you know, Facebook group for that. If you need to learn some of this information, do Q&A, we have a Zoom call for that. And this is the topic of the Zoom call our check-ins are once a week. These are the questions that you have to answer for me. Like, it's structure. It's not, here's your meal plan. I hope you work out. And then people are like, I only want clients that are serious. I'm looking for five dads who want to gain blah, blah, blah in four weeks. It's like, stop that nonsense. Like, just tell people how you want to help them. Find out what their problems are and deliver a good service to solve those problems. And that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, if this conversation has sparked uh, anything for anybody listening here, Joe and I have something coming your way shortly uh, to help you with everything that we talked about here with auditing, time, frequency, targeting, and designing your map. Um, because we're noticing that more and more people need this more than anything, and even more than marketing. And I know I talk more about marketing on this show than anything. Um, but without the, fr- without the foundations, the marketing doesn't matter because the foundations aren't yeah. even there. And I think if you're in the coaching space, I think the, the, the proper question people should be asking is not how do I pivot my business, but how do I become a better coach? Yeah, for sure. Right? Because like, like, at the end of the day, like if you were a fantastic coach to begin with, it's just learning the frameworks to change that coaching into another platform. It's not, it doesn't have to be super complicated. Um, and, and my first suggestion would be stop looking at what everyone else is doing. Just look at what your clients need. That is the ultimate goal. And how many clients do you really need to, to run your business? Like those are the, the fundamental things people should be looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else here for our listeners? That was such a great no. conversation. I, I had fun. Hopefully I can come back someday. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how the ratings are. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I appreciate being on the show. And when are you launching your podcast? When you teach me how to do podcasting. <laughs> God knows I can talk. Uh, you know, and maybe, maybe we can even do this. Like my biggest... My biggest struggle with create like I already have 50 podcast titles. Yeah. I got it all. Creativity is not your problem. I hate talking to myself. Actually, I don't, but I hate talking to myself and recording it for other people to listen to. So I just want to like the frameworks of like this is easy from interview style. Someone, someone like I need to present. Like I, I, I do best when I'm in front of someone presenting. Mm-hmm. I don't do well when I'm looking in front of a, a three millimeter camera uh, and doing a Zoom call. I'm like, is anyone even hearing me? Do I look stupid right now? Or, or this, it's just, it's just element. element. Yeah. Um, and it's one thing that I've realized that I need to adapt and to work on and to get more comfortable with. Um, and that's why like, even like our meeting today was like, let's do the podcast. I know what my limitations are. Show me how to do this. Break down all the steps for me. And like, once I know the steps in the systems, it's easy to do. Yeah. 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 So those of you listening here, this is a, a training ground for Joe with some conversation. Be, be warned. <laughs> <laughs>
Because was the was Pandora's box? <laughs> oh God, we won't get you to shut up. Nope. <laughs> Just kidding, babe. Yeah. Love you. Awesome. This was great. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Thank you so much. Um, go follow Joe on Instagram if you don't follow him. Joe underscore Arco. Um, it's not as pretty as your Instagram account. No, yeah, you're getting there though. <laughs> Joe just wants me to take over his Instagram. He would love that. Oh, God. It'd be so much better. better. Outsource, people. Outsource. Always outsource. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, guys. We'll see you on the next show. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am Sarah.Fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews. So if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show. 